Thank you for listening to this recording of Family Bible Church's Sunday morning message. We pray that God will use this word to bless and encourage you. John 18, beginning in verse 28. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the Praetorium, and it was early morning. But they themselves did not go into the Praetorium, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him up to you. Then Pilate said to to them, You take him and judge him according to your law. Therefore the Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight, so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. But you have a custom that I should release someone to you at the Passover. Do you therefore want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Then they all cried again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. So then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe. Then they said, Hail, King of the Jews, and they struck him with their hands. Pilate then went out again and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, And Pilate said to them, Behold the man. Therefore, when the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, You take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. Therefore, when Pilate heard that saying, He was the more afraid, and went again into the praetorium and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Are you you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? Jesus answered, You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you as the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, If you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. Whoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus out and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the preparation day of the Passover, and about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold your king! But they cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then he delivered him to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and led him away. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading from his word this morning. You may be seated. 
as we've gone through this gospel according to John, and we have considered Jesus being the Son of God who became the Lamb of God in order to take away the sins of the world, we've come into this final chapter, if you would, of Jesus' earthly ministry and life. Last week, we began looking at the events in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, and we saw the, the, uh, the crowd coming to arrest him, the, the officers and, and, um, of the, the temple guard and the, the, the priests as well. And we focused last week primarily on um, Jesus' rebuke of Peter when Peter cuts off Malchus's um, ear and focusing primarily on the sword and um, what the Bible says regarding um, self-defense and that kind of stuff. And then we looked at the cup um, as well. But then we spent time looking at Peter's denial and um, how that applies to us. Today I want to look at the event, though, from the perspective of the, the trials that Jesus... So we kind of skipped through that last week, and I'm going to skip through part of that in, this week as well, but kind of mention it. But I want to look at it this week from the perspective of, of Pilate. Because in Pilate, I see an individual who is brought face-to-face with the truth. And he has to make a decision. And it epitomizes my, if you would, confrontation, your confrontation with people in the world when you go to give them truth. They have a decision to make. They've got a lot of information being thrown at them. And they've got to make a decision on the spot, usually, whose information are they going to follow? Who's inform- what weight are they going to place upon the different influences that are coming upon their life? And so, Pilate meets Jesus, potentially for the first time. I don't think it's out of a... Um, out of a vacuum, I think he probably has heard of Jesus, but he's not meant Jesus. I don't know whether him being a Roman, that he really cared about looking to what Jesus has taught. He just knows about this Galilean, probably, who is getting a following. Pilate's probably not in a vacuum here. He's, he's the Roman ruler, and he's, he's, if there's going to be a, a riot in his land, he needs to know about it, and he needs to be able to take care of it. So when Jesus is brought before him by the, the priests, um, it's the first time for this face-to-face meeting. And he's going to have the opportunity to have an interaction with Jesus face-to-face. Isn't that kind of cool to think about? A face-to-face meeting with Jesus. What would you do if you literally got to meet Jesus? Not just read about him in the Word. Not just talk to him in prayer. I mean, that can be a little, you know, out there, you know, ethereal. But you literally, physically, he's there. And you're talking to him face to face. Now, you're coming at it from a predisposition of what? Say again, Brian. A love for him. Yeah, you've already received him as your savior, so it's a whole different thing. But think about it. Jesus shows up now to one of your neighbors, or one of our neighbors' house. He's knocking on the door. Think about that. That's who you are when you go to meet them. You're representing them. And you're just knocking on the door. And what are you going to give them? Hopefully. (laughs) Truth. Yeah, hopefully. You're going to give them truth, okay? I mean, that's what we're going to encourage you to do, right? Give them truth. Give them the word. Don't give them your opinion. Don't give them the, what the, this is what our church teaches. This is what our church thinks. This is what our church believes. Give them the word. Your word is truth, right? And so you present them with truth. That individual has a decision to make. Pilate, same way. So he has this interaction with, with the, um, the truth. And the first thing we see in his interaction with the truth is that he gets a, uh, some preconceived knowledge. Accusations come from the Jewish leaders. 
first of all, they're, they're false accusations. They're, they're false things that are being brought. So we read, right in John 18 from the beginning, and Pilate went out to them, that is the Jewish leaders, what accusation do you bring against this man? They answer to him very concisely, very pointedly. They have a lot of things against Jesus, right? Well, if he wasn't an evildoer, we wouldn't have brought him to you. That's a lot of detail, wasn't it? You know, he killed these people. He did this. They don't have anything to bring against them. They have, in fact, interviewed them, interviewed him, and they still don't have anything. Jesus said, look, I spoke to you openly in the synagogues, in your synagogues, in the temple, where the Jews always meet. And in secret, I have said what? Nothing. I've done everything what? Publicly. So... What do you got against me? Well, they slap him, right? Jesus says, if I've spoken evil, bear witness of the what? Of the evil. If I have spoken evil, if I've done something wrong, then this should be easy. There should be plenty of witnesses. But what we read in Matthew's account is that the chief priests and elders and all the council sought false testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found what? None. Even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. But at least, but at last, two false witnesses came forward and said, this fellow said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said to him, do you answer nothing? And so on and so forth, right? Those passages from Luke that are up there, all the way back early in his ministry, Luke chapter 11, when they already started to feel the threat against their power. Luke 11 tells us that they began to search for something that they might be able to accuse him of. Think about modern politics. I don't want any part of it. I don't want to be the president. You know what they do when you want to be president? They go interview everybody from your past. They roll over every stone in order to find what? Some dirt, especially if they don't like you. Now, if they like you, they don't do that. You know, they cover back the stone, you know, and, and, and so that nobody doesn't get brought back out. But the reality is I got a whole lot of my closet that I certainly don't want just kind of put out into the open air. I'm glad that Jesus' blood has what? Has washed it in closet, okay? But the world, they wouldn't care. Anyways, and so Jesus is out there publicly, okay? And so you've got these guys who are intent on finding what? Something. Anything. Any one little thing. But by the time we're coming into the final week of his life, they still haven't found anything. And so the battle, the war, the spiritual battle intensifies. And so Jesus is in the temple that final week, okay? The final four days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? And, well, into Thursday. It's actually when he's going to be sacrificed. So Sunday, 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 Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, he's in the temple and he's being questioned those four days. That's from the 10th day of Nisan to the 14th day of Nisan. That's the reason I, I say that. You go back to Exodus chapter 12 and the Passover lamb is going to be um, invested. He's going to be inspected to make sure that there's that the Passover lamb is without blemish. And so when you read the, the gospel accounts, you'll see that that's what's happening, that they are finding that he is what? Without blemish. But there, he's questioned, first of all, about his authority. By what authority do you do this? Jesus responds with what? I'll answer your question if you answer my question. By what authority did John uh, give his baptism? And they turn around and they make an interesting statement. What, what do they finally conclude before they answer him? Well, it's a no-win situation. Because if we say that he was of God, then this guy's going to say, well, then why didn't you listen to him? But if we say it's, that John was of men, then we fear man. Remember that later. We fear man, therefore we can't say that either. Okay? So they said, we well, can't say. So Jesus says, I can't. I'm not going to answer you either, right? But then they, they ask him about the taxes. So they bring him a coin. They got him now because he can't back out of this one, right? The coin... You know, so, he's, so they ask him the question. They don't bring him the coin. They ask him a question first. And Jesus says, well, give me a coin. Who's got a coin? They give him the coin. He says, whose picture's on it? Whose inscription's on it? And they come back and they go, well, Caesar's. He says, well, then give the Caesar what's Caesar. Give to God what's God's. He slams them. 
right? But they're trying to, to set him up. Because if he says, don't pay taxes, now they can take him to Pilate. In fact, we're going to see that that's one of the things they accuse him of. That this guy says, don't pay taxes. He didn't say that. Yeah, it's not in that one there. Um, no. But anyways, when they bring him to Pilate, that's one of the things they say. This guy's out there teaching not to pay taxes. He didn't say that at all. What he said was the totally opposite. Give the Pilate, give the Caesar what's Caesar's, right? And so, but if we get the other way, if he says, go ahead and pay taxes, then we got it against the Jews. The Jews aren't going to like him because he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's brown-nosing with the Romans. Okay? And then the last one was the, when the, the Sadducees, who don't believe in the resurrection, they come to him and they want to put him on the spot right, about the, the resurrection and about marriage. And Jesus again answers wisely. They have nothing. The point is they've done everything. Every single group of them is trying to find something that he's done. Even into his teaching. That's why I laughed the, the, a week or two ago, whenever it was, that Adis says about election. And I said, okay, here I go, jumping into the cloud, okay? Because I know it. I've been there before. I've had people talk about my unorthodoxy of stuff. I've had open letters written against me. I get it that there are people out there who are continually going to be looking to find things about you. You <laughs> couldn't say anything to Jesus. There's no real accusation. Until we get to this part. It says, we've got all this false testimony going on against them, right? But in the same passage, it says, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, it is as you said. Nevertheless, I say to you hereafter, you will see the Son of Man sitting in the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have of witnesses? Look now, you have heard his blasphemy. What do you think? And they answered, He is deserving of death. What was the real accusation? And we'll see it later in their, their conversation with Pilate. Why is he really being accused? Because he claimed to be God. He claimed to be the Son of God. I think it's interesting that even the priests said to him, Are you the Messiah, the what? The Son of God. They recognized the importance of this moment. Isn't it kind of interesting that these are the same guys who have been looking for Messiah to come? And then he's there in their midst. He's done everything to prove it, including raising a dead guy who's been dead for four days. But they cannot accept it. They cannot believe it. And in their moment, they're making a decision to kill who? The Son of God. Even though Jesus has already given the parable, and I don't have time to go into it, about the, 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 the owner of the vineyard and how he sends his servants, right? And how they beat the servants and, and, and kill the servants. And finally he says, I'll send my son because they'll respect my son. But he sends a son and they say, oh, look, here's the ear. We kill him and we have what? We get the vineyard. And what do you suppose the owner of the vineyard will do? He'll come and remove it from those and he'll give it to the others. And they knew he was talking about them. And yet here it is. And they're fulfilling it right in the same moment. So, so again, perspective from Pilate. This is what Pilate's getting. Pilate's getting this information, okay? A little bit more than what John just portrays. Matthew portrays a little bit more, Luke and such, okay? So Pilate's getting this inundation from, from the priests, okay? That this guy is a, is a malefactor, okay? And so we then have this time where Jesus then gets to respond, right? And so Pilate's looking at Jesus and he says, what do you say? Well, are you a king then? Are, are you the king? And he says, well, my kingdom's not what? of this world okay the first thing is about his kingdom he says my kingdom is not of this world what's he saying question is are you a king he says well, my kingdom is not of this world so what's he saying yes i am a king i am a king but my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom my kingdom is beyond this world now again step back for a moment you become Pilate. who's Pilate? he's a roman okay Romans have taken up a lot of the, the Grecian uh, mythologies, okay? And they now have their Roman mythologies. They just put their, their labels of the gods and goddesses onto them. And they also then practice 
um, emperor worship as well. Okay, and so he is very. Um, uh, I hate when the word goes away. I thought of it earlier today too. Um, superstitious. He's very superstitious religiously. Okay, and so so now he's beginning to hear these things. And what does he hear? Think about it. You're pilot now. Okay, put yourself in that worldview. Okay, what is this guy now telling you? Are you a king then? But my kingdom's not of this, I'm, you know my kingdom's not of this world. So what you're telling me is what? Say again. You're a king, but you're other earthly. You get it that that you're not from here. And so today you're talking to somebody at the door and they're saying, "Oh, so you're an alien? Are you from Pluto? Are you from Uranus? You know, where are you from? You know, okay. So so just kind of put that in your brain. Okay, again, don't. Think of Pilate thinking like a Christian, okay? Think of what he's thinking like. He's thinking like a pagan, okay? And so he's now in a, this, poof, you know? I mean, he's, he's, he understands the Jews. He, he gets what the Jews are saying. It's a very physical thing. But now all of a sudden, bam, he's slammed with the first statement that Jesus makes this, my kingdom's not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then what? My followers come and they, they fight for me. You'd have a battle on your hand. If you really knew who I was, you know you'd lose. But he didn't say that, you know. I mean, but you kind of think what's going on here. But if, if, I, if my kingdom was of this world, then those who are following me would fight. But my kingdom's not a, from this world, okay? From Luke we read, now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is where? It's in you. So what is Jesus really saying to Pilate? Where is his kingdom? It's in a different realm. I want you to track with me on this one. Do you understand there's a different realm going on right now? That right here in this room, right now, there's a war going on. You just can't see it. There are undoubtedly demons and and angels, and I hate to call them angels because they're all angels. They're bad angels and good angels. You get what I'm saying? Okay? I mean, the, the word's the same, okay? That's, they're spirit beings, okay? And there's a battle going on that we can't see. You can't see it, but the realm is there nonetheless, okay? We talk about three dimensions, you know, we, the, the, the X, Y, and the Z. And in God's plane, there are other dimensions, okay, that you can't comprehend until you die. And to be absent from the body is what? present with the lord is that physical it's not you're spiritual you're a spirit being you're not a, just a, a a physical being it's a mind-boggling thing and jesus is saying look my kingdom is not a physical kingdom now one day he's going to reign where is he going to reign in israel in jerusalem for a thousand years okay and so there is going to be that physical fulfillment but what he's saying is right now his kingdom isn't physical it's spiritual it's in your heart that's where he needs the rain and i want to ask you right off the bat is he you got a throne in your heart somebody's sitting on the throne the, whoever's sitting on the throne makes the call they get the final answer so who makes the final answer in your heart who's really your king are you king not you but King Bob? Or do I have King Jesus? I accepted Christ as my Savior and as my Lord. Ooh. My Lord and Savior, right? We say that, but we like having him be our Savior. But it's a struggle having him be our Lord. Because if he's my King, if he's my Lord, then that means I have to what? Ooh, say that again. What, what did you say? Obey? Oh! Obey. Obey. With, the, with the, uh, the Good News Club kids, I like to simply put it, sin is disobedience to God. God said do this, and you don't do it. It's sin. God said don't do this, and you do it, it's what? It's sin. But Jesus then said, my kingdom is not of this world. Rather, as he said earlier, my kingdom is... Is, is not one that can be seen, but rather it's in your heart. Colossians 1, 13 and 14 says that he, God, has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of his sins. 
the forgiveness of his sins, of sins, our sins. How wonderful is that? Do you realize, as we're told in Ephesians chapter 2, and you can go there and check this one as well, okay, that you were a child of wrath? You were a servant of a king, but it was a false king. It was King Satan. And you were in his domain. And you were just his slave. You did what, what he told you to do. You didn't think about that. You thought you were your own king. But really, being your own king, you really were just subservient to his kingdom. But God did that, that special forces act that we were talking about, right? And, and he sent a little sortie into, the, into Satan's kingdom, and he grabbed you, and he brought you out, and he put, him, put you in his own kingdom. The son of his love, in whom you have redemption through his blood. But he didn't put you into your own kingdom. You get it? That's why Romans chapter 6, that you are the one slave to whom you obey, whether of sin leading unto death or, or um, obedience leading unto righteousness. You choose. You choose which king. But Jesus says, I am a king. I am a king. But my kingdom's not of this world. Regarding then his mission, he continues on to Pilate. Pilate says, therefore, you are a king then. Jesus answered rightly, you say I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. John 8, 31, 32. We did it, right? Then said Jesus to those Jews who believed on him, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you read the words of Christ, his ultimate purpose was to lead and guide you into all truth. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit when he left. So that the whole ministry wouldn't change. The job of the Holy Spirit is to lead and guide you into truth. So John 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the what? The truth. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So that's his purpose, leading people to the truth. Well, then regarding his followers, everyone who's of the truth, what? Here's my voice. Again, I don't want to make a big deal of this because I understand there's, there's different levels and that kind of stuff. But I don't understand. I really I have a hard time understanding people who say they're believers and have no desire to read God's word who don't care about listening to, for the voice of their shepherd. So John 8, 47, he, was of God's, he who is of God hears God's words, therefore you do not hear because you're not of God. John 10, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. To, to have no desire to hear his voice is, is just is antithetical to me. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yet God is God and I give God the glory and he can do whatever he chooses to do within it the realm okay but from from my perspective based upon what jesus says if someone has no desire for his word and that's what john says in first john chapter two you know he, he who says he knows him also ought himself to walk even as he also walked and so if you if you don't have a desire for it then you really have to check your salvation okay don't wait until you die and before the judgment seat to find out oh you're just playing a game if you knew you're playing a game don't play the game Okay, so anyways, so regarding his kingdom, it's a spiritual kingdom. Regarding his mission is to lead people in the truth. Regarding his followers, they'll be the ones who follow after truth. But then we move on then to this final phase in, of this, um, this declaration. Um, oh, you know what? I forgot the slide um, in here with the interaction of the truth, and that is Pilate's reaction. Okay, Pilate's reaction, and that's probably why I have it at the very beginning. Pilate's reaction at the very end is to say, what is what? What is truth? He hears all this thing. And again, remember, he's hearing it from a pagan point of view. And we're understanding that pagan point of view from the world right now. Right? So, and so Justin handled this a month ago at the, the men's breakfast. And then we talked about it a lot yesterday. Okay? From the world's point of view, they believe in blank truth. Fill in the blank relative well your but it's relative okay because it's relative to you okay so it's relative truth okay truth changes 
to them based upon the scenario, based upon the individual, based upon your upbringing, based upon what you may think. But that's not truth. So the word truth in the Old Testament, primary word, is emet. Okay? And so um, God, Yahweh, is chesed emet. You've heard me talk about that a lot, right? So from the carpenter's perspective, chesed is faithfulness. It's, it's, it's like a, um, um, the level. Emet is the plumb line. It's true. Okay? And so when I'm building something, I fail usually to get myself perfectly there, but that's the goal. If I don't have it as a goal, and, you know, and it looks like that. Makes sense? But I want something. I'm going to put my, my level, okay? Because you ever wonder why they have the, the levels have one that goes this way and then one goes this way? It's because you're supposed to turn that level and go this way so you can figure out trueness, okay? So it's chesed and emet, okay? And so, but that's the word for truth, for trueness in the Old Testament, okay? So Jesus is true, okay? Well, Pilate's saying, what's true? Because he's coming from a pagan point of view. It could be anything you want it to be, but not in, not in God's plan, okay? It's that which is perfectly plumb. In the New Testament, the Greek word is aletheia, okay? Aletheia. Aletheia is that which is deceptive. A is not. So truth is defined by the negative, if you would. It's what is not deceptive, has no deception in it at all. When does white, when does white cease to be pure white? The minute you put in some other pigment. I, so when I, when I worked as a, um, did the home improvement stuff, I did a lot of interior painting. And I had a woman once, um, Zach, I think you worked with me on that job. I know you did. You and Shannon were with me on this job. And um, she, she wanted, she looked at all these different whites, and she wanted this one white, okay? I mean, if you ever get the, the paint, I got, I got different rainbows of, you know, things that you can open up from Bear and Sherwin-Williams and that kind of stuff, and you can see all the different colors, okay? There's lots of whites, okay? Lots of whites, but there's only one pure white. She picked this one white, and I said to her, do you like pink? And she says, well, yeah, I do, but why? I said, because that wall is going to look pink when I'm done, or the room is going to look pink when I'm done. She says, oh, no, 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 I, I want this one right here. I said, oh, yeah, 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 I know. I said, I want you to understand that that's not white. They just call that a type of white, but look at it, and I promise you when it goes on the wall, it's going to look pink. Your whole room is going to look pink. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like it. I painted that room. Her first comment when she came walking down the hall was, oh, that's pink. <laughs> because it wasn't pure white. It had just a little bit of red pigment in it and scattered through the paint. That white wasn't white. It was pink. Do you get it? The minute you add any deception falseness to the truth don't deceive yourself god is not mocked whatsoever man soweth that also shall he reap it is not truth you can deceive yourself into thinking that you spoke the truth but if in the motivations of your heart you know you hit a little bit you didn't give truth do you swear to tell the truth the what the what the whole truth and Nothing but the truth. Do you know why they had to make people take that oath? <laughs> because we don't like white. We like gray. Even if it's just a little off-white. Think about it. Aletheia. That which is not false. Now, the question should not have been, what is truth? But the reality is, standing before him was what? Truth. It really is, who is truth? And the answer that we talked about yesterday at the men's breakfast, God is truth. God is the creator. He designed all things. He has brought chesed nemet into the world by which we base everything else off of. Jesus was the manifestation of God in the flesh. 
Jesus, therefore, is truth. God, but he's truth. And so the question isn't what is truth. The question is who is truth. And Jesus is standing right there in front of him, right? And so, so now we move on um, to this next part in this um, Pilate's declaration then of what he finds as the truth. Three times, you can see up here, I have the passage up there, but three times you can see in green, it says what? I find no fault in him. So Pilate at least comes to some point of truth, doesn't he? And what's the truth to Pilate at this moment? Jesus is what? He's innocent. Three times he's innocent. But he can't deal with this relative truth. He can't deal with the Jews straight up, with straight up justice, because he doesn't want to offend them, right? So first he tries to this contrivance kind of thing. You know, he tries to, to get around just letting Jesus go because he knows what justice is. He knows that he's innocent, but he can't just let him go because he's going to cause an uproar among the Jews, right? So he says, well, you guys have this, this, this thing at Passover. I'm supposed to give you somebody. So here you go, guys. I'll give you the choice. You can have Jesus, who you call the king, or Barabbas, the notorious robber, thief, murderer, killer. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants him. He thinks, I got a, I got a win situation going on here. I offer them Barabbas, and everybody says what? All right, we'll take Jesus. But it didn't happen that way, did it? Rather, everybody turns around and yells what? Barabbas! Barabbas! Give us Barabbas! Kind of spoiled his plans. So I won't get into all that. There's a lot I can talk about that. Go listen to Jack Swindoll's message once on Barabbas. It's kind of fun. Anyways, because he doesn't know what's going on. He just hears him yelling, crucify him, crucify him. Anyways, it's kind of fun. And then he finds out that he's been delivered by Jesus. It's really it's a good message. Yeah. Anyways, I'll leave the teaser out there. It's really, it's beautiful. Okay. But the second thing he does then is he comes and he, he tries to do this concession with them. Right. So now he takes this guy who he knows is what? Innocent. And what does he do to him? He scourges him. He has him beaten. He has him whipped. Now, if you understand the scourging from the Romans point of view, he's ripping his back up. They got a cat of nine tails with leather, with, with rock and, 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 and glass in it. And, and, they're, and they're just whipping his back and ripping it open. This isn't a, a nice little thing. This is, I mean, this is um, just an atrocity, okay? This guy is innocent. Innocent. Forget the fact that he's, he's God. It's you. And the government's throwing you in jail. And they're not just throwing you in jail. Now they said that you can be just scourged and beaten and all this kind of stuff and you didn't do anything wrong but this is god taking it for you but he's doing it as a concession he's trying to buy them off look i'll beat him for you and then i bring him back out and i tell you what he's innocent so you guys can let him go but still the people say what no 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 we don't want that so he comes back then finally with his contempt just pouring it out First of all, contempt for Jesus. What's he declare at this moment? Behold what? Behold the, the man. Behold the man. Jesus has already stated that he was a king, but that his kingdom was what? Not of this world, right? Pilate has, been, has made a decision at this moment. Jesus is what? He's a crackpot. He's a crackpot. I don't, I don't know anything else about this guy, but he's probably a little touched in the brain. Okay? I mean, he, he thinks he's a king, and he thinks he's a king. When I was in seminary, I had the opportunity to counsel Captain Israel. Okay? And so, um, he really wasn't. It was a guy who was just boop, boop. Anyways, and so, he was assigned to me to help counsel him. But he saw himself as Captain Israel. Okay? And so, I had a try to work with this guy to bring him back into reality, okay? But think about it. This is Pilate looking at Jesus. He's king of Israel. He's captain Israel. And he's just looking at this guy. You know, he doesn't know what to make of this guy. He's a pagan, okay? And so he says, behold the what? The man. Behold the man. Shows contempt for Jesus and everything, you know, because he's being beaten. If this guy really was somebody powerful, he'd do what? He'd protect himself at this moment, right? But then he shows contempt, I think, for the Jewish leaders. And he turns around and he says to them, he says, therefore, when the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate says to them, you take him and crucify him. 
I find him innocent. I find no fault in him. When he says it to them, think about this. Why did they bring him to bring Jesus to Pilate? They wanted Pilate to kill him. Go further. Go deeper. It wasn't on them. No, no. They wanted him to be found guilty. But they didn't have the authority to do it. You take him and crucify him. What does he know? They can't. If they do it, he gets to bring them in. Get it? He's showing total contempt for these guys. For the whole nation. You guys are just a bunch of dirtbags. You're bringing in this innocent guy because you're jealous of him. We're told in other gospels that he knew that. That he knew that it was because of their jealousy. You guys are jealous of the following that he's getting and you're trying to wipe him out. And you want to bring him to me so I'm the bad guy. Guess what? I don't find anything worthy of... I mean, he's a little deranged here. I'll get you, I'll get you the deranged part. Make a state hospital, put him in it if you want to, okay? But it's worthy of death? I find nothing worthy of death in this guy. I'm releasing him. Well, that gets us into this final statement, and this is the capitulation of the truth. See, he got truth, at least partially here, but now he's going to capitulate on it, okay? The Jews answered, we have a law, and according to our law, he ought to die. They understand that they don't have the right to do this. So they're, 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 now they're bringing the real truth, right? Because he made himself the son of God. When Pilate heard that, he was what? Say again? What does it say? More afraid. Back in his brain, probably what Jesus said about the, uh, the my kingdom is in all this world, is probably spinning around there a little bit more. But he's put it into the, 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 the category of, I don't get it. This guy's kind of weird. But now all of a sudden, the Jews reveal why they're really afraid. Because this guy said he was the son of God. Now you're Pilate. If you had any inkling at all what's going on, any superstition happening here, right? You start to get a little bit of worried, right? Well, in Matthew's account, and I'm bringing it down to the one verse, you can go read the rest of the account, okay? While he was sitting on the judgment seat, Pilate's wife sent to him saying, have nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. Superstition, okay? Nadia, is God bringing a lot of dreams to, to Islamic people? Yeah, it is, isn't he? Jesus is appearing to people in dream, dreams right now. Okay? You can say what you want about it. But God brought dreams to Pharaoh. God brought dreams to Nebuchadnezzar. God, God can do what he wants to do, right? And I don't know how people know that this one is it. I mean, I know in my own life, okay? But she knew that this was something, okay? And she was suffering because of this. And she sends to him. So put that now into the equation of what Pilate's hearing, Okay? And so why Pilate is kind of like struggling a little bit, this guy saying, you know, and he's just and he's trying to get, you know, he's innocent, he's innocent, but he's not willing to, willing to buy into the what? I'm from another planet thing right now, right? And so I'm not saying Jesus is saying that, but that's from the pagan point of view, that's kind of where, where it's going, right? But now all of a sudden, I get another piece of information given to me. I'm Pilate, right? What's the piece of information now? He's not otherworldly like an alien like he's from the moon he's what he's god this guy has claimed to be the son of god god in the flesh and now you have to make the decision because he's standing here right in front of you it's not even just a messenger at your door it's jesus in front of you and every time you get in his face, he's able to hold his peace and argue back. That struck you. But you didn't know what to do with that. Now, all of a sudden, you come to him, right? And he goes in the praetorium and says to Jesus, where are you from? It wasn't this, so, Jesus, where are you from? I think he's panicked. Where are you from? <laughs> Jesus said, no answer. I mean, he's like going nuts. 
I want to know. Then Pilate said to him, Are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have the authority, the power, the exousia to crucify you and the exousia to let you free? (laughs) Jesus opens his mouth up. You ready for this one? Put yourself again in Pilate's point of view. You've got all this going on behind you and you're really panicking at this moment. You have no authority at all except what's given to you. Therefore, those who handed me over to you have the greater sin, which means what? You're in sin. You do, against the truth, unjustly, what you know to be just, you are in sin. But those who handed me over, they got greater sin. I'm not going to get into the levels of sin, okay? Okay? But I think it's a pretty impressive statement, right? You're Pilate! Now what are you going to do? From then on, Pilate sought to release him. What decision did Pilate make? At that moment. Wait, wait, you're going one step ahead of me. Not at this moment. What did he decide at this moment? Before we get to the rest of the verse. Hedges bets. Okay. Well, he knew Jesus wasn't guilty. I think now there's a good likelihood that he may be who he says he is. Now, all of a sudden, I'm not willing to say, behold the man, because this guy's just a little bit of cuckoo. But now all of a sudden, yeah, we're going to get there. But now all of a sudden, I'm thinking that maybe he just might be who he's claiming to be. And I don't want to be the consul of Rome and Judah anymore. Do you get it? Can I have somebody else make this decision? But you know what? You can't do that, can you? When those times come, they're yours to make. That's for the individual at the door to make. And everybody's going to give an account for the choices and decisions that they make. But it's the serpent that you made who said to me, it's the woman that you gave me who did this. Each individual was accountable for their own decisions. So Pilate's going to be... And so, yes, we get to this part. I think the first part is the fear of God. He has a fear of God at this moment. And note I put God in parentheses, or parentheses, uh, quotes, because it's according to what he thinks is his God. Does it make sense? It could be superstitious, okay? I'm not saying he has a fear of Yahweh at this moment, okay? I'm not saying he's a believer, but he's, he's on the brink. Make sense? He's at that point where you'd be excited if you're witnessing to this guy because he's starting to comprehend some things. But again, there's a what? There's a spiritual war going on, isn't there? Okay, and the other side is at it as well. And so now we have this fear of man from then point on. Okay, so I don't have it all in green right here, but it's the same place we're starting from then on. Pilate sought to release him. Next word is, but, but the Jews cried out saying, if you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. Ouch. If you let this guy go. You're not Caesar's friend. Whoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus out and sat down. Jesus had already said, now Pilate, I don't understand Pilate doesn't know these things, okay? But you and I know this. Jesus told us not to fear man, but rather to fear who? God. Pilate doesn't necessarily have this, but you do. And I do. But has Pilate seemed too familiar to you sometimes coming through this? Would you say that your middle name sometimes could be Pilate? You know, down south, they actually go by the middle name. So is your first name Pilate? Anyways, you get what I'm going? Okay. That it's easy to pick on Pilate. But Pilate's a pagan. If I'm a follower of Jesus, why do I struggle in the same way that he does? So he goes on, and now he brings Jesus out. He gave in to the fear of man when he heard that saying. Twice we're told that, when Pilate therefore heard that saying. When he heard what Jesus said, he was swayed. But now when he heard the Jews, he made the decision. I fear man more than I fear God. Interesting, isn't it? 
I fear man more than I fear God. And so at that moment, he brings him out to the judgment seat. He's made his decision. But note the difference now. Now he presents Jesus as who? Your king. Behold your king. I have come to a conclusion. I know who this guy really is. But I'm not willing to bet my life on it. And so he hands him over then to be crucified. Shall I crucify your king? We have no king but Caesar. In the end, Jesus said, you can't serve two kings. You can't serve two gods. You can't serve two masters. You have to decide which one. The Jews decided. The Jews made a decision. God is not their king. We have no king but Caesar. It was the exact same thing Israel did in the days of Samuel when they wanted a king so they could be like all the other nations around them. So what about you? Who is Jesus to you? Is he your king? In the end, do you make decisions based upon a love for God or a fear of man? What concessions do you make to appease the world? How important is truth to you? And finally, is there a need then to change the way you think and change the way you act? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your love and your mercy. Thank you for truth. Thank you that you are truth and that you have revealed truth by your word. Lord, that you have spoken through your counsels what truth is for us. And clearly, as Jesus was being examined over and over again, who can, who can question you? Who can give an answer to the one who knows all things? No one. So Lord, help us to be seekers of the truth because that is the seeker of you. Help us, Lord, to pursue being conformed to your image and likeness that we might magnify you. Lord, help us not to fear the world, to fear man, but rather to fear you. And out of love, then, serve you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.